Rob Portman visits Eastern Europe and comes back with a message for Joe Biden. Stand firm against Vladimir Putin. Ohio has its lowest number of COVID patients in hospitals in a year. And 35 people were shot over the weekend, putting Cleveland on track to have an even more violent year this year than last. It's the Wake Up Morning News Briefing from Cleveland.com and the Plain Dealer for Tuesday, June the 8th. I'm the editor, Chris Quinn. Just back from a trip to Lithuania, Ukraine, and Georgia, U.S. Senator Rob Portman of Ohio on Monday urged U.S. President Joe Biden to deliver a strong message to Russian President Vladimir Putin when they meet next week in Geneva. Portman wants Biden to say the United States stands with the people of Eastern European countries and opposes Russia's efforts to dominate them through tactics that include military infringement on their territories, disinformation, and cyber attacks. Portman and two Democratic colleagues on the Senate Foreign Relations Committee visited the Eastern European nations to discuss human rights abuses and other infringements. Portman said the three countries he visited all face immense pressure from Russia as they've become strong allies of the United States over the past few decades. And he noted they also have strong ties to Northeast Ohio, where immigrants from those countries have settled. Ohio has fewer coronavirus patients occupying hospital beds than at any time since last June. The Ohio Hospital Association, in its daily survey, has reported fewer than 600 patients each of the last three days, including a preliminary number of 539 for Sunday. These numbers are a far cry from the surge's peak in December with a record 5,308 hospitalized COVID-19 patients. The rising numbers of Ohioans who are fully vaccinated have contributed to the drop in hospitalization. The vaccine is highly effective in protecting against severe COVID-19 and hospitalization. The onset of warm, humid weather also helps drive down the hospitalization rate The coronavirus, which causes COVID-19, prefers to spread in cold, dry air. Eight people at a graduation party ended up shot after one of the partygoers argued with a neighbor. Seven hours later, on the opposite side of Cleveland, a gunman opened fire from across the street, injuring six people sitting on a porch. In total, 35 people were shot and three killed in 22 shootings from Friday afternoon to early Monday in Cleveland. The spate of gun violence during the weekend underscored the continuing spike in violent crime in the city, where gun violence is actually ahead of 2020, one of the deadliest years in decades. Experts who spoke with Cleveland.com and The Plain Dealer said violent crime in 2021 is a continuation of the trend that started last year when Cleveland had 190 homicides, the most since 1982. There are 68 homicides so far this year, up from 63 at the same time last year. All but three of this year's homicides are shootings. Non-fatal shootings are also up. There have been 603 this year. Last year, there were 322 through the same time frame. 
Elements in the Ohio Senate budget keep floating up, and one of the latest is that daycare centers no longer would have to participate in the step-up-to-quality system to be eligible for federally funded child care subsidies. That program rates daycare centers and has been central to the rise of what are seen as quality daycare seats. The Senate budget also would cut support from $7.5 million to just $3 million to the Ohio Parenting and Pregnancy Program, which awards grants to anti-abortion pregnancy resource centers to promote childbirth, parenting, and alternatives to abortion. Ohio Right to Life asked senators to increase the program to $10 million, saying it's an investment to fight infant mortality. A Cleveland board has given its blessing to plans from a developer to tear down an abandoned Euclid Avenue mansion and build 160 market-rate apartments in the city's growing midtown neighborhood. Construction is set to begin in August on the first of the three buildings, which also will include space for resident amenities and storefronts. The development will replace the Allen Sullivan House, likely built in the 1850s, which has been vacant for nearly two decades after last operating as the Coliseum Entertainment Center. In its day, it was owned at different times by railroad engineer Richard Allen and banker Jeremiah Sullivan. Today, it is in disrepair, surrounded by high grass and weeds. Thanks for listening to The Wake Up from Cleveland.com and The Plain Dealer.